0: okay what if not plugged ready ladies yeah, i'm not
1: wearing oh.
0: ready bundle of hers oh that was very I'm not obsessed. nice gosh bush is back just been so-
1: <laughs> i
2: gotta go to bed soon. she's been working okay, all yeah. day yeah
0: okay we're all in the studio today i'm so excited <laughs> so i just started ob-gyne this week with lean me and lean got our first rotation together <laughs> we're doing a hair hand five if lean will give me a hand five back <laughs>
2: <laughs> a hand five?
0: <laughs> I was trying not to laugh. Wait, is it a high five? <laughs> oh, a high five? <laughs> I, think, I think lead's done. Anyways, one thing that I noticed yesterday when I walked into, I'm starting with the gynecology portion, and when I walked into the OR, it was so interesting to see so many women on this case. So it was kind of a complicated case. So there were two female surgeons and a gynecologist and a gynecologist-oncologist. And then there was the resident, who was also a female, the nurse, and um, also a nursing uh, scrub tech student. And I was just like, this is a very different environment than I'm used to because I did surgery before. And I don't know, it was kind of refreshing, but I will tell you, it just felt kind of odd. I think it's because I wasn't used to it, but I really liked it because it was so funny. Like they were having cool conversations in between the case It was just a site I haven't seen before in any other field. I know you, Bushra, and you, Margo, have already done it and maybe Mm -hmm. have. I've only seen one case so far. (laughs) Kind of a broader perspective. Would you agree with that? A majority of the time, um, your time spent
2: in OBGYN is mostly female providers. On rare occasion, you'll get a male surgeon or a male resident. But I think I maybe count twice that that's happened. But yeah, it is a different experience because you're used to
1: being probably the only female on surgery, right? OB was my second rotation, but I definitely got this air of like, it was like a club of badass women, right? It it was so different and and it has still stuck out in my mind as a really cool, unique specialty in that way and that it is one of the few or maybe the only female-dominated specialty right now. And it is cool that you can go in the OR and have all women Uh, and it's just a different feeling. And that's something I've been fortunate to experience in the OR as well, which is great, but I think is definitely more common in OBGYN. But historically, there may be reasons for it being female-dominated that are maybe not as great. So I think a lot of women, when they were first coming into medicine, felt like they either could go only into pediatrics or family planning and OBGYN because those were women-related specialties, right? And so um, whether women, the field is dominated now because all women, historically women thought that's all they had. But I think now a lot of women choose to go into it because there's a lot of camaraderie and an understanding between patient and provider, as a woman um, or as a female. I think that's really cool that it's um, a specialty where women who need or are seeking help from healthcare providers have very sensitive issues in body parts that are not not always easily easy to talk about. Especially right. with men. Um, and there's a lot of racial and social and religious considerations surrounding this um, subspecialty of healthcare. Not that there aren't in all specialties, but I think this one has a unique. Um,
0: it's just, just like a different arena because right. I think it's topics that are often, you know, hush hush. Right. Back in the day. But I think now they're coming out into the forefront, which I'm excited mm-hmm. about because I think they're necessary educational topics and to be completely healthy. Like that's a very important part of all of our lives.
2: Um, Margo, just to kind of piggyback off of what you were just saying, it's interesting because the field of medicine originally was male dominated in all aspects, right? And then when you start seeing women entering the profession, you see them kind of gravitating towards peds towards family medicine, towards OBGYN. And those historically have been where one would expect a woman to go into. Now, looking into it, you see OBGYN and it's female-dominated. And a lot of the reason why is not because, oh, this is the only thing that I can go into. It's actually pretty competitive to go into OBGYN. And it's more of that camaraderie aspect that you can be a badass surgeon in OBGYN. You can take care of cancer patients. You can take care of sick, sick, sick babies in utero like new fields have come out of that like maternal fetal medicine and fetal surgery right um so it's interesting to see the growth of the field from its inception to now yeah and like a stark
0: difference i would say there's also been this like conversation like at this moment it is even though historically it was male dominated it is now female dominated and i've kind of uh, noticed how interesting it is hearing conversations of fellow classmates how they perceive OBGYN. Um, I noticed from the women, it's like, oh my gosh, it's so cool. There's so many women, like it feels really good. We can mostly go into most cases. And a lot of the men have this kind of like uh, apprehension, I think
2: is a good word. Is it good? Okay. Mm -hmm. So a lot
0: of men have this like apprehension. They're like, oh my God, like they're feeling so doomed. Like they're going into OBGYN. But I don't think they directly ever use the words I'm, apprehensive because it's a woman-dominated field... There's just this like vibe, you know, it's for the them. It's the first
2: time that they've had to be a minority in in medicine, which is like interesting because I feel like mo- if you ask most women in most medical schools, they'll tell you, yeah, I have felt like that before. But OBJYN is distinctly different because of the aspect of like men are going to be most <laughs> all of the all of the patients are women. So the women choose to decide whether they want male medical students in on their cases to learn. And if a woman is not comfortable with that, she can say no. And a lot of the times she does. The other thing is a lot of the questions that you ask is very sensitive questions. And it's like you get uncomfortable or as a, as a man, you might be a little bit more uncomfortable asking those questions. And then the third thing is most of your seniors are going to be women and so that might put them at an awkward position or a position that they never saw themselves having to navigate, as Margo likes to say. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I just find it so interesting when I hear like my fellow classmates talking about OBGYN. There was it was orientation and there was uh, someone in my class that was like, oh, I heard that it's really hard for men to get opportunities to see a lot of the cases. Is that true? And I was like, that's so funny that you even asked that question because there's a lot of denied opportunities that we all get along the mm-hmm. way. You know,
1: I had several male classmates on my labor and delivery rotation that were denied and they, you know, instead of coming from a place of understanding and grace or however you want to call it, they got really upset and felt entitled and thought that their education was less than because of this compromised, and when i kind of confronted them and like more of a reason for this sort of denying you in access into this case than like a female surgeon being denied doing a surgery just because she's a woman right and so i think that when you pose that as a question they maybe only think about it at least in this case it was like Yeah. But still, it's annoying. They don't like you were saying, Butcher, they just can't come into a place of understanding and use it as an experience to actually understand what other people may be experiencing across the spectrum of all specialties. Yes.
2: And I think this is like where privilege comes into place. Right. As a man, you've learned that you expect certain things. And when you don't get those certain things, you react. And sometimes it's not a great reaction, let's be honest. But that's because you've been taught that these are your rights. And when something threatens that, it kind of takes you aback. And then you compare that to, say, one of your female classmates who on a different rotation experienced a similar thing. And for her, maybe like, oh, that's totally expected. And so you don't get that same reaction because you've been socialized to be like, oh, this is to be expected. Right. So the reaction is different. For me, that's what privilege is. Difference in reaction. One is saying, hey, that's my right. And you get angry about not being able to fulfill and take your learning opportunities as they come. And then the other is people who, yes, they do have those rights, but don't necessarily exercise them because they've never been taught to.
3: Yes. I love how you said that. Jumping off of both your thoughts, for our colleagues who um, who are male and have been denied opportunities to see certain procedures or be involved in certain care when it comes to gynecological and OB cases, and then they become subsequently irritated by it. It's For me, I find it ironic because the rules in which women find that women parts are supposed to be kept hidden or are somewhat shameful are as a result of a patriarchal kind of based society. So it's almost like their rules being flipped back on them. And I think that's very ironic in that sense. It's like... Yes, I agree. I feel like as medical students, we all need the skills and opportunity to be to be able to take care of these patients. I completely agree with that. But on the flip side, you got to realize where did these stigmas come from? You know, you can't just blame a female saying, why can't you let me into your operation? Why can't you let me? Because there's the stigmas that she brings to her care comes from a society run by patriarchal rules. You know, in order to make this a completely even playing field in the sense that we are all here for everybody's care. We need to understand where the cultural and historical contexts are coming from. And I think that's a huge point that a lot of our colleagues who get irritated miss this point.
1: I agree, Leanne. I think that's so insightful to recognize where a lot of that comes from. And then when you brought up the point of historically the field was male-dominated and women didn't have a choice. These patients didn't have a choice they had to see a man, whether it made them
0: feel uncomfortable or ashamed or whatever. But I think it's so interesting that this is one place where women have the right to speak their choices. And I'm sorry, but I also think that makes people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm.
3: On that note, um, it actually reminded me of a story that I heard from one of the standardized patients who is involved in a group that come to medical schools and teach medical students how to do pelvic exams on themselves as well. They're standardized patients. Um, and she was telling me the history of this group. So when they first started, they used to bring in um, sex workers to have the medical students perform pelvic exams on. However, the, the sex workers, they were not allowed to speak if something was uncomfortable or if a med student was doing something wrong. And, you know, back then the practices were very, not very um, ethical, comfortable, no comfortable. They weren't very comfortable. Like if you needed to search the vaginal vault, you'd like move the speculum around and search. Oh my and God. yeah, so she was saying we cut that practice, but old OBGYNs will still do it. That's very So they weren't allowed to speak if they felt uncomfortable until there was a nurse, I believe is what she told me. There was a nurse who said, hey, like we understand the anatomy. This is our job. Why don't we teach this to medical students? So they allowed that. But however, they had to cover their faces with like a bag so that they wouldn't be recognized as well. And then they could speak to the medical students. This is like the history of teaching med students. This is like Mm -hmm. your first exposure to (laughs) Well, male and female in general, like whether you're conservative society or not, but this is like the introduction to teaching med students. Here's OBGYN. You know, we don't care about her face. We don't care about who she is. This is your job down here. You mentioned that there were some unethical practices
1: within this, namely, you know, using these women and just practicing without allowing them to give feedback on whether it was painful or not. And I think that we must address the elephant of OBGYN and the deplorable history of these physicians, older physicians using enslaved black women as the original research subjects for C-sections. And they were doing it without anesthesia and all sorts of other um, gynecological practices that are still in use today have their root in this very unethical, very horrible history. And so that's an interesting Component to the OBGYN story. But I think now, you know, there's this history of women of color being, you know, used as research subjects in OBGYN. And now I think that, you know, the field has totally changed and these badass women have totally taken over and are really doing great things in OBGYN. But there is still a lot of discrepancies in healthcare. And especially right now in the US, it's very prominent data that to suggest that women of color mothers of color giving birth have a much higher mortality rate than white women it, in this in the united states and the level is greater than in developing countries for
0: women of color in the and US. specifically black women yeah there's like a whole study on it that studies studies and you're it, right yeah. I'm so happy that you brought this
2: up, by the way. It's interesting because they control for socioeconomic status. They control for everything. And in every single instance, black women are dying at an alarming rate in this country and then giving the history of the field... I don't think it's that surprising. I don't think it's surprising at all because we have a tendency to ignore the things that black women say in terms of pain, in terms of of discomfort, in terms of how they're feeling and how their bodies are feeling. um,
0: And that shows in the data. 100 percent. And I think it's kind of brought in this field. You would say like, oh, this is women dominated. But the truth is that even though this field is now dominated by women, a lot of those women are white women. It's not dominated by women of color. And I think that's where this field now needs to go is it needs to be more diverse. I'm not saying dominated by women of color. Why not? Actually, why not? You are right. (laughs) But I'm saying that's where I think this field needs to go further.
2: I agree with that.
0: And all fields for that matter. 100%. So there you go, listeners.
2: Urology <laughs> should not be a male dominated field either. That's off topic. <laughs> no, it shouldn't. What I'm saying is all off, off
3: topic. No, it is not topic. It. it is a
2: male dominated field. Wait, tell me urology is a male dominated field. Why why is it a male dominated field? It doesn't have to be. Women but-
3: have urology issues, don't they? Mm-hmm. But you have yeah, urogyne. Like, urogyne. So I think a really important lesson here is in order to understand how patient reactions in clinic and how some of our male colleagues feel in terms of being um, denied certain opportunities in OBGYN is to truly understand, you know, in order to understand the present, you need to look back at the history. And you can't just blame it all on the instance of what we're experiencing now, because there's, you know, the history is what shapes the future. And here we are.
0: And I think, Lean, that is the key point that we as physicians, at least this is my goal As becoming a future doctor and I don't want to speak for y'all, but I think this is a common goal that we all strive for, that we become critical thinkers because not every patient is the same. They're not going to present the same and we have to figure out what they have, right? Like the disease process they're going through. And so when you are critically thinking about a solution of a problem in the terms of health... That also means we need to think broadly. We get their past medical history. We get their past surgical history. It's important that every instance we really see what it's built upon. And I think that the reason I loved this topic today is because there is a field that we can say this is female dominated and it's different and people think it's different. And that makes them feel apprehensive. Right. And for the future, it's also a great opportunity for all of our colleagues to go through a situation that is unlike the others and learn from it, be it their male identifying or female identifying. I'm really excited that we are all women going into different fields, and I'm happy that we're all going to make our own mark in whichever field we go to. We'll continue to be critical thinkers. We'll continue to try to understand our history as well as we can to kind of move forward with our future. And... We're so happy that we can share our thoughts with everyone. I also want to add that this is one episode that brought up a lot of interesting nuances. And we talked about a lot of different topics that I'm excited to explore in the future. And we are so happy that you guys are joining this journey with us. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bundle of Hers and leave a comment, subscribe to our podcast and do all those things, you know, the usual. Bye-bye. You
3: just ended it really nice.
0: Did I end it? Did I say good stuff in the end? Okay. Okay. Thank you you all for listening.